We all have a story to tell. The longer our lives, the richer our stories. When I look at you, I see a woman of strength, integrity, character. A woman who has seen hardships, struggles, pain, and loss. A woman who has compassion, love, courage, and power. A woman who has succeeded, failed, and learned. A woman who will continue to persevere and thrive. When I look at you, I see a woman who is wise, not withered. Welcome to the Wise Not Withered podcast. It is season three and this is episode five. All right, let's just dive right into it. So my first of my five bullet points today um, is about project management. So I didn't really understand exactly what I was signing myself up for um, at the beginning of the project. I just knew I had this big idea and I wanted a lot of people involved. Um, but over time and even now I'm just finding myself growing into the leader and the kind of management type person I've maybe always wanted to be. Um, I know growing up, I kind of saw myself or maybe I wanted to see myself like, like a leader. Like I just wanted to share my ideas and have people listen to me. I mean, that can probably um, be kind of traced down to childhood wounds and little T traumas um, over time just because of the dynamics of my family around being heard and being respected and knowing a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I just, I feel like I've always had this desire to have these new ideas and spread them around and kind of share and teach. I mean, I am a teacher as well. Um, like professionally, I am a music teacher, so that's also part of it. And I am going to make a career transition into being a therapist and running my own uh, business there. So that um, desire for creating big things and wanting to spread it around has really always been a part of me. Um, yeah, so just some of the kind of, kind of funny things, I guess, is, um, specific feedback that I would give to people. I, I also realized and am realizing now when I, have these big projects with people involved, it's, it's really become, uh, a balance for me of being assertive and loving to myself and to the artists involved. And yeah, that being assertive part is, it's becoming easier, especially over the years, but near the beginning, it was kind of hard when it's like, oh yeah, I have this big idea, but I'm really the only one that 
knows exactly what I want and I have to communicate that. Like, just because I tell people my idea doesn't mean, oh, okay, everyone's on board and they know exactly what I mean and they are going to make it exactly the way I want it to be. <laughs> so there were just some moments where it was like, oh my gosh, this is not at all what I want. How do I communicate that in a way that is both assertive, you know, really standing by my vision and what I want and what I require for this project. Um, you know, not using a lot of like, oh, well, maybe this or like, you know, just kind of playing small um, and using phrases like, like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I, I try to really get away from apologizing unless, unless it really is something that I, I have caused harm to someone, you know, taking responsibility and apologizing there. But I don't want to be sorry for what I want and require for this project if someone else isn't meeting that and just expressing that to them. But like I said, I had started to say both in a loving way or both in an assertive way and in a loving way. You know, I, I handpicked these people. So they are, they have proven to me already that they are worthy, you know, I mean, everyone is inherently worthy, but, um, you know, worthy to be on this team with me. And so it's not like they have to prove themselves. It's like, okay, this is not what I wanted. And I know you can do better, that kind of thing. I, I actually do that with my students too. Um, I find myself, um, sometimes I'm actually very transparent with them when it's, um, especially in private lessons, um, not as much in group classes, but uh, still kind of some group classes. Like when I see a lot of potential in a student, I tend to be even more picky with the ones that I know can do better. Um, the ones that are really struggling, I, I let mistakes slip by a little easier because I am like, okay, like you're really struggling. I mean, I don't, I don't say that to them, but I think, okay, you're really struggling. Like I appreciate that you are making the effort and I am not as picky with them that I, I need them to just put in the effort. And that's really, um, that's really all I expect. But the students that I see that they can do better and they're just being a little careless or not putting in as much effort, I tend to be pickier with them. I, and I, you know, I don't try to tear them down like, oh, this is terrible. I know you can do better than this, but it's like, okay, like, I want you to redo this part because I know you can do better than this. Like, specifically when it comes to music theory, the kids that I really know are are getting the concepts, but they're just, I can tell they're just breezing through their homework really quickly. And it's very, um, like, their handwriting isn't very good. And I, I say, okay, so I know you can do better than this. I want you to erase this and redo it because I know you can do better. So um, the kind of feedback that I would give to the illustrators and the writers, um, two of the the most interesting ones, which I didn't really see coming, but totally makes sense just given the world we live in. Um, a lot of them, I said, she needs to look older. <laughs> it was, you know, all of these characters were age 40 plus, you know, 40 to 103. And so... It, it was kind of funny. I ended up having these random pictures of old ladies on my phone because I would look up like 
I would specifically go on to Google and like look up old woman, you know, sometimes specifically what age I wanted and whatever ethnicity I wanted and just pour through the pictures and download them and then send them to the artist and say, here, I wanted you to look more like this. Um, and you know, like I want her waist to be thicker. I just like, especially just more body type variety. Um, cause there were just some, some, like I said, like I didn't, I, I already ex accepted them onto the team. So it wasn't like, okay, this isn't good enough. It was like, okay, so this lady is, she looks like she's like freaking 19 years old. Like she's supposed to be like 70, you know, it's like, okay, let's narrow it down to like what exactly, instead of just saying she needs to look older, it's like, okay, what exactly do I need? Like, can we put a little bit more like wrinkles on her face? Like, um, like eye bags or, you know, like a whiter hairs or, you know, like I said, like a, like a, um, wider waist, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so it was just interesting to say like, she needs to look older. And another one, this wasn't as common, but there were a few stories that came in where I was like, this needs to be more empowering. Um, cause there were just some, some drafts that came in that was like, wow, I am not inspired by this. Um, you know, again, it, I think it comes from just the lack of representation, which is the whole point of this project anyway, is that a lot of these writers and illustrators hadn't seen the kinds of empowering, very realistically representative um, images and stories of older women. And so, you know, there were some where it was like, she got sick and died. It's like, no, that's not empowering. Um, and so there were just some very, it was uncomfortable at first for me. There were very uncomfortable conversations that I had with some artists and illustrators where I really, I really had to sit down with myself first of, you know, what do I want from this? What is my objective in reaching out? Like, I, I'm a big fan of advocating for change. And I think one of the most important things, I'm sure I've mentioned this before in a previous episode, is that, you know, anyone can complain. Anyone can point out what's wrong with something, but it also, it takes that next step of awareness of innovation to actually think of a solution. And so whenever I would come to these artists and illustrators, um, or writers and illustrators, I mean, they're all artists. Um, I would always really sit down with myself first and think, okay, what do I want to come out of this? Not just you did this wrong. I don't like this, but you know, and I would never say it like that. It's never like wrong and, oh, I don't like it. It's just, this is not what I had in mind, but this is what I do want you to work toward. So that was that whole management kind of thing. So 
next one, the next one's just kind of interesting, like something I didn't necessarily think too hard about until it's like I had to think about it. Um, just the time zone differences that, you know, I, I wanted to recruit people from, from all around the world. And so there's so many different time zones. Like I, I wrote down, um, yeah, this was April 9th, 2019 time to get chatting again with the team members who have fallen a bit behind and also give, give ultimatums to artists who have yet to contribute anything. Um, I actually, I'm going to talk about that later, but yeah, just the, the time zone differences. I wrote these down in different colors. I color coordinated it cause I was trying to keep track of where everybody was. So it's like, okay, Palestine is 10 hours ahead. Philippines is 15 hours ahead. New Orleans is two hours ahead. New York is three hours ahead. London is eight hours ahead. Um, so is Nigeria eight hours ahead. Um, India is 12 and a half hours ahead. Ontario is three hours and West Australia was 15 hours ahead. And I just wrote down one of my schedules. I guess this was, I think this was during a spring break. So I had a lot more freedom in my schedule, but um, I wrote down Monday, April 15th, I can do between 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. Um, the 16th, I can do 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. So there were definitely times when I did hop on a call on kind of a strange hour. You know, I think I might have met up with someone at like midnight. I think I woke up kind of early one day um, at like 6 or 7 a.m., like a call at 6 or 7 a.m., so it was just interesting to, to think about like all these time zone differences. It's like that, that is what happens when you work with people from all over the world is that you really have to be so clear in the communication when planning meetings. Um, and especially with so many different people. I mean, that was only eight different time zones and I had you know, dozens of people working with me. So that was pretty interesting. Just, you know, being super crystal clear in communication. Um, I would say, you know, this time PST, cause I'm in California, which I, which is this time your time, like what works for you. And there were sometimes mix ups of like, they thought that I meant their time, but it was really my time. And then there was a person later that was like, Oh, I thought you were in this country too. I was like, no, I've, I've been in California this whole time. <laughs> so it's, it's just funny to think about. Um, so moving on, which I started to get to before, um, my, my bullet point is just people come, people go. So yeah, it's like, I just, there are just so many people. So I'll, I'll just read one of my things. Um, let's see for the people I recruited in the past few weeks, I'm extending their deadline. So it's been quite a trip. Yeah. So this was, uh, April 22nd, 2019 people come, people go. I'm trying to find one or two or three more people at this point. I'm only writing my only writing their name down on my list. If she has signed the contract, I don't feel any resentment toward the people that have dropped out. It's so important for me to remember that this is my project and I can really only expect full investment from myself. I do still feel invested in it still. Stories and sketches that are coming in have been so inspiring and I'm super happy with so much that has been created. And then, um, yeah, then I go on to say a part of me regrets involving so many people because I haven't felt like I've been communicative enough with some of them. 
I think each woman does know how huge it is, though, so perhaps that sentiment is only just in my perspective. Um, yeah, so it's it's just interesting that, you know, with so many people involved, there's there are just so many moving parts that I had to keep track of. Um, and yeah, I mean, people came and people went. I probably had at least like a dozen um, people sign the contract, but then not actually follow through with it either. Either um, they just didn't get anything done or, um, or what they came up with um, I guess this kind of goes against what I first said about, you know, let's just keep working at it. And I, you know, you've already shown me that you can do what I want for the project. But there were a few people where it was like, they would try something and then I would give them feedback and they'd try something else and then I'd give them more feedback. And then it just became like this, I guess, what do you call like an impasse of like, okay, maybe this isn't a good fit after all. Like, um, you know, I, I didn't want to just keep having them make all these changes and keep not being satisfied with it, you know? So it just ended up being a, a matter of like, okay, this is just, it's not a good fit after all, you know, best of luck to you. Like this, this email is our official way of nullifying the contract. So yeah, just people come and people go. Uh, then my fourth one was just patience. I check in, contribute, trust, and let go. Because the, the last episode I wrote or episode I recorded was, uh, was called Just Trust. So this one also kind of has to do with that where, you know, it's, it's this balance of checking in with people and making my own contribution, you know, whether that's my really specific detailed feedback that I'm giving, or especially in the case of some of the, um, some of the stories, I actually would come in and write my own parts of it. A lot of the stories, I want to say maybe a third of them were truly collaborative where I wrote, um, significant parts of the story too. Um, so, you know, that kind of contribution and then just trust and let go. So what that specifically means is, really doing my very best to not worry, to not worry about, oh, is it going to be good enough? Oh, they haven't gotten back to me yet. Oh, I haven't heard from this person. Oh, I don't know if they're still invested in the project. You know, all those, all those worries that are outside of my control, I really tried to just let go of that. But at the same time, you know, it's what do I, what do I have control over and which, which things can I contribute to and, and where can I be putting in more work versus where do I need to just let go? Um, and that's still a, that is still a thing now. I mean, I, I haven't been as active, um, with this project. I've been doing a whole lot of other, other projects, other things. I'm working on my second album. I'm doing some really deep work with inner healing, uh, those kinds of programs and getting ready for grad school. So I have lots of projects going on, but this, this was not whether it is always, it's always going to be there. As long as I live, this was, this is always going to be part of my life. I, I feel that in my bones. Like this is a really just 
such a deep rooted thing that is so personal to me. Um, so it's just, it's this constant dance of, am I doing enough? Yes, I'm doing enough. I could be doing more, but it's fine where it is, but maybe I'll put in more effort at some point and yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah. So the last one, the last one I wanted to talk about, this one is very interesting. Um, I started to talk about this one last time in my last episode, but I think this one, I didn't really get into the nitty gritty of what exactly happened and why it impacted me so heavily. Um, so for this one, um, the, the idea of not checking my email first thing or not checking my messages first thing, I didn't really, uh, explicitly make the connection that I, I'm really trying to, and have been more recently, um, really focusing on things for myself and by myself when I first wake up those, those first few minutes in the morning, um, before I do my daily meditation now, it's like, I want to really focus on what I want, who I am without the influences of other people yet. And then once I do accept, once I do, yeah, accept other influences, especially the very first ones of the day, I want them to, it's very purposeful of what I let into my, um, essentially subconscious. I mean, it is conscious, but it's also going into my subconscious too, very deliberately choosing what I enter into my mind first thing in the morning. So this one was, yeah, this was very interesting. So May 15th, 2019, 10.07 PM. So this morning, the first message I read was an artist's feedback about the story. I felt so bad that she didn't give any positive feedback and I just told her thanks for the comments and I sent her the Word document and invited her to make the edits herself. It felt truly like it had been coming from a place of collaboration and love, but I realized later that my inner little girl that craves praise was becoming very hurt and defensive and it was my way of throwing my hands up saying or perhaps even challenging the illustrator, fine, let's see if you can do it better. It was an excuse for me to not have to work on it or take responsibility anymore and essentially just say, fuck it. I spent so much time on this. And if you're just going to insult it, then I'm not even going to bother trying again. It was so sinister though, because I felt like I had a bright tone in my message to her. I talked about collaborating and how I was excited to see what she'd come up with. Um, later I sent her a private message explaining that I had been acting from a place of hurt and defensiveness rather than true love, compassion, and collaboration. Um, yeah, once I, once I sent that message though, I don't know, I, I felt like opening up and being more vulnerable about how I was feeling. I actually did feel a shift in the dynamic between us. Um, yeah, I like, like in a good way, I feel like she, she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, but you know, it was also like, um, she seemed a bit more willing to try writing something at that point, but she actually didn't end up writing, which is fine. Um, and she gave, like, I looked at her feedback again later in the day with a bit more of a clear, clear vision and not, not taking it as personally. And I did go through the story again and then I rewrote different parts and it was like, oh, okay, like this, this is great. So yeah. So with that, um, that just, just that, that not waking up 
to something, to a message. I've done that again in more recent years. Not, not as, not as much, um, more, more recently, like in the last year, I've been very, very purposeful of what I allow myself to look at and expose myself to first thing in the morning. But I just wanted to elaborate on that um, with exactly why I'm so strict with that, because there just have been so many instances where I wake up to something and it just kind of clouds the rest of my day, you know, just really absorbing other things and um, letting it influence how my whole day goes. So I'm just being a lot more purposeful with that now. And I am proud of myself for reflecting more and really checking in with myself. Like, why did I react that way? And how can I handle it better in the future? So those are my musings for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening and I'll see you again next month.